Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of The Daily Stand-Up. My name is Lee Henson, president and founder of Agile Dad, and without any further ado, let's get started. One of our subscribers wrote in, and they said, you know, they wanted to hear us talk a little bit about how to better understand people with empathy and how to understand, you know, target consumers. And, you know, I, I think their question centered around, you know, if you know the old adage is the customer's always right and i think what they were trying to figure out is is the customer ever wrong because you know there are several times where the customer might be screaming for something that they think they need you know the the story that comes to mind is we need a faster horse we need a faster horse we need a faster horse and it wasn't until someone like henry ford said no you need a car that they discover what they actually needed so i think the question is how do we balance customer empathy and what they believe in what they need and create some loyalty connection between the end consumer and the business or the organization that is responsible for building a strategically proper product or service. And this is a quite challenging task. This is not to be underestimated. So I'm going to start on one end. Let's start with the consumer. So with regard to the consumer and understanding people, I think that, uh, you know, the, the Walt Disney Company does this fantastic. In part of their training, they talk about uh, a compass. And they said, you know, spread the news is the way they put it. And I realize that's not the exact way things are laid out on a compass. But the end means we need to understand the needs of the consumers. In their case, it's guests. But in our case, we'll just call it the consumers. So we need to understand the needs of the consumers. And uh, when I say their needs, it's not necessarily what they think they need or what they knee-jerk reaction need, but what are their actual needs? What are the things that we see them struggling with? You know, this is different than, uh, you know, trying to assess just high-level wish list. This is, you know, really understanding the deep, dark needs of what's going to keep the consumer here, what's going to keep them driven, what do they need? What's going to bring them physical and emotional happiness? What's going to drive value for them? What's going to help us recognize who they are and uh, gain an appreciation for who that consumer is so that we can continue to work for, move forward in working with them? Next, we need to understand their emotions. Uh, we need to practice empathy. We need to understand that you know we, our goal should be to bring our end consumer great joy. You know, and, and to let them recognize that, you know, they are a critical part of what we do and that we appreciate, you know, all the things they pull together. And I think that sometimes, you know, we miss the idea of empathy when we start thinking about our customers. You know, I think there's nothing better than for a customer to feel like, you know, I trust you because you've walked a mile in my shoes. And I think that sometimes we don't leverage stories well enough. We don't leverage the connectivity well enough. And we don't have that true empathy for our customers. We, we might be emotionally driven, but the difference is, do we have pure and true empathy? And I think that if we really zoom in and focus on empathy, it's going to help us get a lot further. Next, we want to know their wants. This can be their wish list. You know, uh, a lot of times, you know, they'll have a wish list, but we need to keep it separate. And, you know, while I'm not saying stay away from the wish list, because we certainly want to create the things that excite our customer, what I am saying is we need to treat the wish list with dignity and be careful. Meaning, you know, sometimes the wish list is going to contain things that just 
are outside of the scope. Other times the wish list is going to contain things that are completely within scope. Sometimes the things that are out of scope are going to generate excitement. You know, we need to find ways to review the wants of the end consumer, but it's something we certainly need to consider. And the S is one that scares most people. The S is for stereotypes. And when I say stereotypes, what I'm trying to say is a lot of people think, you know, are you judging me? You know, are, are you setting, you know, are you setting up a cognitive bias or a preconceived notion? And my answer is no matter where you go, no matter where you go, you know, every organization in the world, you know, if you go to the airport, if you go out and about in the streets, if you, if a police car drives past you, you know, someone is looking at you and making some assumptions. And I'm not saying that all assumptions are good assumptions, nor am I saying that assumptions should be made. But what I am saying is that it's important for us to develop some key targeted personas to understand who our product and service appeals to. Uh, you know, for example, if we had a product that was very, very specific, it was a product that I don't know, was it was a makeup product of some kind. You know, while our target audience or our target consumer may be women who wear makeup, we might also have a secondary audience of men who wear makeup. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the point is, it's important for us to develop and understand those personas so that we can learn what they need and who they are. And that way we can, you know, easily set acceptance criteria and really get our head around how that person interacts with our product or service or what they specifically need. And I think, you know, too often we go in with the assumption that experience, that our personal experience or experience of a subject matter expert leads us to not have to worry about this, this piece. And that's concerning because internal subject matter experts may not have walked a mile in every single person's shoes. So I think it's important for us to go out and research and understand the needs, emotions, wants, and stereotypes or personas of those individuals. On the business side, I think it's also important for us to understand our teams and understand people and to understand how people work together. It's important for us to develop team working agreements and have things in place that help them feel like they live in an environment of psychological safety and they're encouraged to do work even if it means failing to learn uh, or failing to learn. Make sure we get the punctuation there. Uh, you know, we, we want people to learn often from their mistakes and make course corrections and do the things that are necessary in order for them to achieve success in the future. And, you know, if we follow those tenets, if we follow those standards, it's going to lead to, you know, higher quality. It's going to lead to maximum loyalty from from the end consumers, you know, and from our internal consumers, the, the associates, the people who work for us, right, our teams, uh, you know, because in essence, they're our customers too. So we want to make sure we build these in-depth relationships with them. And I think relationships are built when people want to associate with you or your brand beyond, you know, any transaction or beyond, you know, purchasing your product or service. And your customers and your associates interact positively with e with each other. They they have positive working experiences, right? Um, if you're trying to make sure that you're your experience or service delivers superior value, you should make sure that your brand promise is delivered effectively at each contact point and that the experience exceeds the performance of any of your competitors. 
and that the details of what you're offering are user-friendly and easy to understand. And I think that you know, if you have a brand that aligns with individual identity, it's when people believe in your brand and they feel a sense of ownership. Like you know, this is this is the one that I use, and they use the brand as a form of self-expression, right? Um, the perfect example I have of this is, you know, I can't remember the last time I heard someone say, could you go and grab a facial tissue for me? You know, I often hear people say, hey, do you have a Kleenex? And Kleenex, of course, is a brand. And, you know, that that's a very powerful thing to be able to, you know, have your brand associated with something that, you know, maybe perhaps hundreds of manufacturers make, but your brand is the brand of choice. And I think that when you do these things, internal or external, it helps build relationships. It helps align with individuals' identity, and it helps you know del- it helps you deliver superior value. And that's how you achieve this maximum loyalty. You know, I hope this information has been useful to you. As always, we encourage you to visit the Absolute website for more information on this topic or any others. And if you have a topic you want to hear, send it over to learn more at agiledad.com. We'd love to get your topic on a daily stand-up podcast. On behalf of the entire team at Agile Dad, we want to say thank you. Stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile. Until next time, take care, my friends.